Hi guys, thank you so much for coming back to this channel. My name is Dr. Simone and I make health and wellness podcasts. If this is your first time, thank you. I really appreciate you. If this is something that you've done before, you've listened to some of my previous recordings, thank you. Again, I appreciate you so much for coming back. So before we go into tonight's topic, let's go ahead and plug that disclaimer. Please keep in mind, this channel is only meant for educational purposes. So if you're wanting to make any changes to your diet, nutrition, lifestyle, fitness routines, medication, please run that by your health practitioner. Get them to approve those changes before you make them. And if you still choose to make them, make them at your own discretion. Here's another disclaimer that I wanted to go ahead and plug tonight. Something I do, I'm, I'm extremely mindful when I make these podcasts or, you know, for that matter, if I'm creating a blog or if I'm posting something on my social media platforms, something I do is I only share information that is clinically and scientifically sound. What do I mean by that? Um, I try to stay away from anecdotal evidences or information that I might have seen on social media. I don't like to cite information like that on any of my podcasts. Um, everything that I share has been published in you know, clinical medical journals, um, has been researched, has been tested, is scientifically and clinically sound. Sometimes um, these are articles that I've published. Sometimes they're published by my colleagues or people you know, in my field. So everything that I share is data that has been studied and published in medical or clinical journals. Okay, having said that, let's go ahead and jump into tonight's topic. Hi guys, my name is Dr. Simone. Thank you so much for coming back to my channel. Today I have a really interesting topic in mind. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the connection between the gut, the brain, and what facilitates that communication, the vagus nerve. Yes. I said the vagus nerve, not, not Las Vegas, the vagus nerve. Okay, so let's jump right into it and talk a little bit about how is the vagus nerve responsible for your cognitive health, your emotional health, your physical health. If you're not losing weight, you're gaining a lot of weight, you're losing weight, but then you're gaining it back. You have thyroid issues, you have gut issues, you have reproductive issues you have kidney problems, your skin, your hair, and your nails don't look like healthy. I was trying to find a different word, but I'll stick with healthy. Okay, so those are all the things that we wanna talk about when we talk about the vagus nerve. So, but before we begin talking about the vagus nerve, let's talk a little bit about what is the importance of the communication between the gut and the brain. So number one, the biggest mistake that we've made so far in the medical community is somehow to distinguish between the gut and the brain as two separate entities. This is what I tell my patients. Your gut is your first brain and your brain is your second brain. Now you might be wondering, why am I saying that? Let me go ahead and give you some practical examples. Number one, your immune system is made in the gut. So any change to the gut, inflammation in the gut, inflammatory markers in the blood. Anything that's gonna affect the gut is gonna affect your immune system. So for example, season after season you have allergies and you take medication for allergies. But on the other side, you have 
a lifestyle that's causing inflammation in the gut, you're always going to have allergies, no matter how many medications you take. Let's take another example. You suffer from depression, anxiety. Your doctor puts you on medication for depression and anxiety. You take it for a little bit. You start to feel better. Couple months in and the mood swings are back. The depression is back. Why is that? The mood stabilizing hormones like dopamine and serotonin are made in the gut. So if you have a problem with the gut, treating any cognitive health issue as an isolated brain health issue, it never helps the patient. And this is why when you take these medications, you start to feel good and a couple months you come back and your health practitioner is either having to change the dose, having to increase the dose, or even change the medication completely. So unless in the clinical community, health practitioners are able to connect the dots between the gut and the brain, chronic health issues will not be treated, only masked. Here's another example of why I tell my patients, your gut is your primary brain. You know, we never use the phrase, I have a brain feeling. We always say, I have a gut feeling. What does that mean? From a very clinical perspective, you know, we have neurons in the brain. These are chemical messengers that allow the brain and the body to connect with each other. We have twice the amount of neurons in the gut in comparison to the brain. So that's on a very clinical level. If you think about the phrase, I have a gut feeling, your brain is the one thinking and sending the message. I, I, I apologize. Your gut is the one thinking and sending the message back to the brain. So your brain is simply reacting. Your gut is the one acting on that thought, on that feeling. And that comes from a combination of your diet and your lifestyle. So if your lifestyle, you're constantly stressed, you put out a lot of cortisol in the blood. Obviously, you're probably going to have less of that gut feeling and you're probably going to stay more in fight and flight. You're always going to be fearful. Your innate ability to protect your body, to protect yourself emotionally, physically is probably compromised. Okay, so let's come back to the gut and the brain communicating with each other. So what facilitates that communication? That is where the vagus nerve comes in. So your vagus nerve is the largest nerve in the body and it runs all the way from the brain and then branches out to every single organ. So everything from your gut, your liver, the kidney, the heart. Now, when there's a problem between the communication between the gut, the brain and that facilitator, your vagus nerve, Number one, you're constantly going to have emotional upsets. Your vagus nerve is probably one of the easiest things you can stimulate to come out of depression, to come out of anxiety, to come out of mood swings. I always tell my patients, when you have cognitive issues, it's not about medication alone. It's about making a lot of different changes in your body. Let me give you another example. Let's say you um, take medication for depression, but you're constantly eating refined foods. Your body is not making something called the BDNF, which is the brain-derived neurotrophic factor. 
that's made in the gut and then that factor responses to your levels of how you feel happy how you feel content so these are all factors that make you feel normal make you feel happy make you feel content your dopamine your serotonin your bdnf factor how do you make bdnf you have to have fruits and vegetables in your diet made that that make a lot of that have a lot of flavonoids so for example having spinach consuming a lot of bananas consuming blueberries so if you've given up all of this just because you're wanting to lose a little bit of weight yeah you might lose a little bit of weight in the sh in in the short term but you're ending up with mood swings depression anxiety so i'm digressing so these are all factors that can affect your vagus nerve what you eat and your lifestyle so i'm going to use the example of lifestyle one of the main functions of the vagus nerve is to move the body from sympathetic to parasympathetic so let's go ahead and take an example your sympathetic nervous system is when you're in fight and flight and if you've listened to some of my previous podcasts i've always emphasized we want a little bit of sympathetic in our lives right we want to be able to get up in the morning and go get the job done if you find yourself in danger you want to be able to run from that situation you're hiking you see a bear you want to be able to get up and run so you want that blood to be diverted from the digestive system back to the muscles so that you can run the problem starts to happen when you stay in that state all the time this is when you go into adrenal fatigue you're pushing out a lot of cortisol in the body and that elevated cortisol is then compromising the immune system diverting the blood flow from the digestive system to the heart to allow the heart to basically react to that extra cortisol that's damaging the muscle of the heart the brain and the heart talk to each other through hormones and that kind of elevated stress hormone is then making you eat more constantly making you feel fatigued you might even get a diagnosis of a thyroid problem when in reality you don't have a thyroid problem so you're taking medication for thyroids and you're not feeling good because you probably have adrenal fatigue and that is dampening your thyroid so that in general is what happens when you don't have a way to go from sympathetic to parasympathetic and that's what the vagus nerve helps with so what is parasympathetic when your body is in rest and digestion which is what you should be for the most part so how do we get this vagus nerve to function so first let's summarize all the health issues that can come from the miscommunication between the gut and the brain so to begin with immune system issues autoimmune issues reproductive issues pcos polycystic ovarian syndrome so i do want to emphasize if you've been given medication for polycystic ovarian syndrome that's fine that's what your health practitioner maybe wants you to do but all of your reproductive issues always begin in the gut you have inflammatory markers that is affecting your reproductive hormones uh, so i said autoimmune diseases um anything to do with your thyroids heart disease <clears throat> and of course cognitive issues so this is all a gamut of health issues that you might be presented with if there is faulty communication between your gut your brain and the vagus nerve 
Okay, so let's come back to the vagus nerve. How then do we improve this communication? So something to keep in mind, the medical community, the clinical community is still understanding the vagus nerve. It's a fairly new concept and maybe not a fairly new concept, but a fairly new understood concept. And the vastness of the vagus nerve's involvement in your health, especially your cognitive health, is something that we're still trying to understand. But FDA does have some invasive therapies that have been approved to stimulate the vagal tone. However, there are non-invasive therapies that absolutely perform identical to what the invasive techniques can do for you. So let me give you one example. The easiest way to stimulate your vagus nerve is diaphragmatic breathing. So please go back to my podcasts. I've made one on diaphragmatic breathing a couple months ago. Please take a listen. And if you have any questions, please go ahead and reach out to me. But diaphragmatic breathing not only will stimulate the vagus nerve, it also will activate the immune system in the gut. It can also then allow enough oxygen supply to both hemispheres in the brain, allowing your body to deal with cognitive health issues more efficiently. So that's number one. Number two is your diet and what you put in your body. Remember, every single cell in the human body is at the mercy of your nutrients. In fact, one of the biggest misconceptions is just because you have a genetic predisposition to a certain disease that you're probably going to get it. Let me give you an example. Let's just say your family member has diabetes. It does not mean that you're going to get diabetes. You have the genetic switch for diabetes. That switch has to be activated. The only thing that can activate the DNA expression or the switch is what you eat or what you don't eat. So if you put in a lot of animal fats in your body, you have a lot of trans fats, you have a lot of saturated fats because you've gone on this low-carb diet and you're only eating animal meat, animal protein, you will have a problem with the communication between your gut, your brain, and you could possibly activate that switch. So that is how your eating habits affect the communication between the gut, the brain, and the vagus nerve. Now let's come back to lifestyle. Like I said previously, if you're constantly in a state of stress, then that's going to affect the vagus nerve. So here's another thing that you can do to help the vagus nerve. Meditation. Studies have shown that meditation is the fastest way you can improve the communication between the gut, the brain, and the brain and the heart. Remember, as I said previously, your brain talks to the heart using hormones. So if you're pushing out so much cortisol in the blood, that's going to weaken the heart muscle. And that's going to also then affect the communication between the gut, the brain, and the heart. And that's why people who have so many emotional health issues, um, so many emotional ups, uh, problems that have not been resolved, end up having some type of heart issues. So meditation is the easiest ways you can rewire your brain and repair the, the blood vessels in your body and in your heart. Here is another simple technique to improve the vagal tone and to activate your immune system. Go ahead and close your mouth. Take a deep breath in from your nose. Don't exhale. Hold that breath in your nostril for about a second and hum. 
like humming with your mouth closed. And then release the air again from the nostril. Keep that mouth closed. This will stimulate the vagus nerve and allow the brain and the gut to establish some type of communication. The next thing that you can do to stimulate your vagus nerve is taking a cold shower. I mentioned previously, the vagus nerve starts at the base of your neck and spreads all the way, branches all the way down to the body. So allowing the water to fall on the base of your neck, the nape of your neck, that can stimulate the vagus nerve. And if that seems to be too aggressive, then just go ahead and use some cold water at the end of your shower. Even just splashing some cold water, if think about it, when people are having a panic attack, when someone is having, you know, an anxiety attack, we tend to put some ice on, on, the, on their neck. Um, we tend to splash some cold water on their face. So it's kind of like the same concept. You want to stimulate that vagus nerve. Okay? And last but not the least, doing some type of yoga, doing some type of stretching, that is going to allow the vagus nerve to be stimulated. Now, there are some other clinical practices that, you know, um, can help with stimulating the vagal tone. EFT, emotional freedom tapping, and I use that with my patients. Um, using of acupressure, using of acupuncture, uh, activating your sense of smell, olfactory nerves. Now, with that, I want to give you caution because a lot of times with that comes gimmicks. So a lot of times you'll see people pushing essential oils. Essential oils are great, but that can also then edge over being gimmicky. So I'll make another podcast on how to use essential oils and what are the benefits and some pitfalls. Okay, things you want to keep in mind when you want to stimulate your vagus nerve and allow the gut to talk to the brain. You want to give your brain or you want to give the gut nutrients that essentially will act as messenger between the gut and the brain. So you want to have a lot of antioxidants in your diet. You want to have a lot of flavonoids in your diet. So like I said previously, spinach, bananas, strawberries, watermelon, any melon for that matter. That's going to help when you have that moment of anxiety building up in your body. Remember, you cannot treat cognitive health issues like depression and anxiety with medication alone. You have to change your diet. You have to learn to treat cognitive health issues as an issue that happens both with the gut and the brain, not an isolated brain health issue. Okay, guys, so I hope this was helpful. So go ahead and try some diaphragmatic breathing. Try humming, hold your breath. Once again, take a deep breath through your nose. Keep your mouth closed. Do not exhale. Hum a little bit, maybe for about a couple seconds until you don't feel uncomfortable anymore. And then let that release that uh, or exhale from your nostrils. Do that a couple times, maybe three to four times. If you start to feel dizzy, stop, drink some water. And over time, you'll get there. All right, guys, if you have any other questions, if you want me to make a podcast on anything that you like, please feel free to reach out to me. Again, my name is Dr. Simone, and thank you so much for coming back to my channel, and I will talk to you soon.